Welcome to Voicing Startups, where I, Colin Bournes, interview founders and operators changing the world through audio, voice, and conversational technology. This week on the Voicing Startups podcast, I am talking with Will, founder and CSO at Spoken Layer. Spoken Layer is the leader in short form audio production distribution, and monetization for both media and brands. One thing I love that makes them unique is their distribution. They distribute everywhere people are listening, including Spotify, iTunes, Alexa, Google Assistant, and more. Will has a clear passion for short-form audio, and it shows in our conversation. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Voicing Startups. Hey, Will, thanks for coming on the Voicing Startups podcast. Great to be here. Thanks, Colin. So I was hoping to kind of split this episode up into three different pieces. So start with the background and sort of business, um, then look at the product and then the future uh, around spoken layer. So if that sounds good with you, um, I would like to just kind of start with a general background of yourself. Great. Well, let's dive in. So uh, my history uh, is I've been involved in audio um, now professionally for uh, we're just coming up on a decade, actually. Uh, This summer will be 10 years I've been working in uh, digital audio uh, specifically. But, um, you know, grew up in New York uh, in and around the media industry. Um, I was really lucky to have parents and grandparents that were all involved in that. So storytelling and audio has always been something that's uh, in my blood and in my DNA. So it's something I've always loved. um, And and thankfully also had the opportunity um, to study engineering. So that interesting intersection between art and engineering has been my background, uh, both from an education um, and, and a perspective. So that's always been who I am um, and really was the genesis of starting Spoken Layer. Um, as any good founder, um, I started the company out of trying to solve my own problem. Um, I'm dyslexic, so I always prefer um, and have needed to listen to content. Um, but audiobooks were too long uh, and typically not recent information. Um, and you know, I wanted to be able to listen to content that was relevant to me. And at that time, Um, you know, 10 years ago, that was blogs about Apple rumors or blogs about technology and and things like TechCrunch and Mashable and things like that. And I said, why can't I listen to those? Um, I I grew up loving and listening to radio, um, but that was also too generic. So between audiobooks and radio is my only mass audio options. And I said, why can't there be something else? Why can't I listen to the content that's relevant to me? So that started the journey for Spoken Layer um, many, many years ago. Uh, as we started to enter the space, so that's where that's where it began. <laughs> yeah, could you give the the sort of elevator pitch just to frame up uh, what Spoken Layer is, and then um, in regards to that origin, can you maybe flesh out how that that concept, or um, I guess just realizing the the opportunity opportunity with audio, how you took that sort of idea and actually turned it into um, a business. Yeah, happy to. So it's actually, let me start with a little bit of the history and I think that will lead up well to what we do now. So initially Spoken Layer, um, you know, we started really small, of course, as any good company does. And we started working with a handful of publishers like Time.com and Smithsonian and a handful of others, uh, enabling them to add a spoken layer uh, to their experience so that um, you could listen to the content from time.com and time magazine and Smithsonian um, integrated into their experiences. So we were a technology company that helped turn written content into audio 
um, and handle that for them. And we have had and still have a massively distributed network of phenomenal storytellers um, that know how to adapt um, and voice uh, content and turn into audio. So that's where we started and, and built um, the number of publishing partners that we worked with. Um, now we have hundreds of partners behind the scenes that we are the engine for um, and continue to march down uh, growing along with our partners. Um, but I think the best way to simply understand Spoken Layer now is we are a B2B company. Um, we are a behind the scenes company and a lot of our partners um, at a high level like to think of us almost as a audio service provider. Um, the same way that you might use AWS or Amazon Web Services to build and manage um, your technology or your website or something like that, which is typically more focused on visual or web or mobile. Um, think of Spoken Layer as kind of the, you know, audio services platform where we're helping our partners um, across a myriad of uh, different spaces. So whether it's content creation, whether it's uh, distribution and integration, um, aggregation, uh, monetization and amplification. So we help our customers um, and partners, which are, you know, content creators and media companies, um, create audio, distribute it, integrate it, and make sure that audio content shows up everywhere and anywhere someone can listen. So whether that's Spotify, Alexa, Apple Podcasts, Google Home, um, we're the backend infrastructure that makes sure the right audio shows up at the right place at the right time to the right user. Um, and because we've been able to now do that for millions and millions of listeners, um, we also help our partners monetize that com content through advertising and sponsorship. So we're the, that entire life cycle, kind of your, uh, your audio seal team. Um, if you're a content creator um, or if you're a distributor like Apple, Amazon, or Google, we're a large network or portfolio of some of the top daily content that exists in the world. Great. Yeah, that's a super helpful background. Um, I think it makes sense just to, you know, jump right into the product. And uh, you mentioned that you're sort of like the middle layer kind of behind the scenes. Um, but just to better understand from the, the end consumer's perspective, um, I think it'd be helpful just to maybe frame up um, or, or talk about one of the, the use cases of, of one of your partners um, to, to understand what that sort of short form audio experience um, would be like for that end customer. Could you could you sort of frame up what that would look like and maybe give an example of one of your uh, your media partners there? Yeah. So um, the, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is the listener always. Um, so I'll, I'll you know a lot of what it is is, and if we've done our job right, actually a listener doesn't know Spoken Layer exists. Um, so that's kind of an interesting role we play is kind of the intel inside. Um, so we're that component that makes the whole system work, um, but sometimes and many times the end uh, listener and user doesn't even know we exist. So for example, uh, let's talk about smart speakers because you know obviously you focus a lot on voice, so let's start in that sector. So whether it's Alexa or whether it's Google Home or whether it's Bixby or whether it's Siri, for all those products, you're able to say some version of, hey, smart speaker, what's the news? Or tell me the news? Or what's my flash briefing? Or something akin to that. So they kind of have that high level news experience um, and asking an assistant for, tell me something that's interesting or tell me something that's relevant or tell me something that's new um, or news. And in most cases, a lot of those experiences are powered by us. So if you say, hey, smart speaker, what's the news? 
um, and you hear something from TechCrunch or Wired or Mashable, I'm, I'm using all nerdy things because I'm an engineer, um, but it could be um, The Skim or it could be The Economist or it could be The Daily Beast, um, all great publications that traditionally had never been in audio, um, but we enabled them to turn those brands from written publications into listenable publications. Um, and we make that possible by taking the daily newsletters or articles or content that those publications are creating. They send it over to us. We record it and turn it into audio, host it on our platform, and then make sure that it shows up on Alexa as a flash briefing, on Google and narrated news, um, and all those different places so that a user can simply wake up in the morning and say, what's the news? Um, and we make all those connections happen behind the scenes. Great. Yeah, I definitely want to dig further into uh, the distribution. But in terms of the the product, um, maybe from the perspective of the um, the people that are actually creating the content, um, what's that experience like for uh, for like the Mashable for the the TechCrunch? Um, what what sort of uh, process do they have to go through to uh, I guess bring voice or, or audio to their their content? So the nice thing is we've built our system with uh, busy publishers in mind. So we understand that um, every editor or writer or product person at a publisher has a thousand and one things to do. So we've built our system so that um, there actually has to be little or no day-to-day -day effort on their behalf. So we can look at the content they're creating every day, figure out what's listenable, um, work with their team to kind of set up the initial parameters, but then we're pulling content um, or they're pushing it to us automatically on a daily basis to figure and what stories and content are either trending or interesting or, or tagged by their editors. Um, and that content then flows um, through APIs or RSS feeds or um, forms or different ways into the Spoken Layer platform. Uh, and that starts the process. And what's really great is that they don't have to manually do anything if they don't want to. But if their editorial teams want to get more involved in either writing content that's native for voice um, or curating content every day on their own, they're welcome to do that. And we have dashboards and uh, drop forms and stuff for them to be able to do that uh, if they have the time and space to get involved on a daily basis. And when it comes to that distribution, um, I have sort of a multi-layer question, but in terms of distribution, uh, where are you today? And then um, what do you think is the most compelling uh, place for short form audio today? And then where do you see that um, going into the future? What do you think is the most compelling distribution channel uh, for short form audio in the years ahead? Yeah. So when I think about distribution, um, you know, a phrase that I use a lot internally and, and with many of our partners is audio everywhere. You know, audio is something that can be persistent and can be integrated into many different devices, many different experiences. So that's something that I think is really important. You know, there's so many times in a day where you can consume and listen to audio and making sure that the right content is available on whatever platform that you use. Let's say you really love a certain music streaming platform. Great. You should be able to listen in there. Let's say you really love a specific smart speaker. Great. You should be able to listen there. Let's say you spend a lot of time on the website of a specific publisher. You should be able to listen there. Um, let's say you spend a lot of time on social or in search. You should be able to listen there. So that's kind of our mantra is that we always believe that audio should be everywhere. So we typically look at a couple different categories of distribution. So we look at smart distribution, which I uh, include all the assistance in. We look at streaming distribution, which is a mix of music streaming services, podca podcast platforms, podcatchers, 
we look at on-site or integrated um, experiences. So on the websites and, and mobile experiences of our content owners. Um, and then also search and social are great acquisition tools um, and great locations for people to discover um, and fall in love with uh, new audio. So we think about distribution as a holistic strategy across all of those different channels. So smart streaming, on-site and search and social are, are all places where audio should show up. And our job as a platform and as a technology company is to make sure those experiences are native everywhere. So the way you interact with short form audio on smart speakers is slightly different um, than how you'd interact with it on a music streaming service or how you'd interact with it uh, with an integrated web player on site, for example, um, or where you might see a preview of content um, in a tweet. So all of those different places are different permutations or different, uh, sometimes I refer to them as renderings uh, across different types of distribution categories. Um, and then there's many distributors within each of those um, specific sectors that I talked about. Great. Thanks for that, that background. And, uh, you know, another, another thing that you um, highlight in terms of this product offering, aside from just the creation of this short form content is also the monetization. Um, could you uh, talk a little bit more about that? Maybe uh, also touch on the value of short form as opposed to maybe other forms of um, audio content, whether it be podcasts, uh, audio books, things of that nature. Sure. Yeah. So um, the nature of short form is really consumer friendly. So we look at other types of media, whether it be video or whether it be text or whether it be photo um, or whether it be movies or TV shows, you know, the more snackable content is and the more um, personalized it is, the more time people spend with it. Um, think about how much time you spend with Instagram versus Flickr. Or think about how much time you spend uh, listening to a Spotify radio playlist versus listening to albums. Um, the shorter and more uh, consumable content is, the more time you spend with it and the more understanding we also have about the listeners and consumers who consume it. So that enables um, you know, monetization to be much more targeted, much more effective, um, and much higher scale. Um, and because we're the back end behind so many media partners, you know, we have you know, millions and millions of people listening and that gives us a really interesting network across many different types of distribution. So going back to smart streaming on site um, and search and social and also across hundreds of different publishers. So we're able to uniquely aggregate all that listening across all different types of devices and all different types of content, um, which is much larger than any single podcast or podcast network, um, for example, um, or you know, audiobooks don't even typically monetize through advertising. They monetize through subscription. Um, so it gives, gives us uh, a much broader network. Um, it gives us brand safety because we know what every piece of content is about that's flowing through our platform because most of it starts as text. We have a ton of data and information around what's being talked about. So things like brand safety, where um, a brand that is concerned with brand safety um, most likely won't advertise on podcasts because they don't know what the hosts are going to talk about. Um, and that's a big concern, whereas our network um, has that brand safety, has that notability, and has that scale that much larger brand advertisers um, think of the people that you might be more likely to hear on radio um, or um, you might see on YouTube advertising or you might see on Facebook um, that haven't been able to enter into the podcast space because of um, it's not easy to buy, there isn't scale and there isn't brand safety um, for those types of brands. For other brands, it makes a ton of sense. Um, but that's kind of the, the highest level when we start to think about advertising and sponsorship uh, and monetization of audio at scale. 
Yeah, and something interesting, at least to me, that you mentioned there is the the snackable nature of um, the short form audio and how that makes it easier to consume and and results in in more time being spent um, with the content. Uh, yeah. Do you think that that leads to um, either today or, or in the future any sort of new opportunities in terms of interactive audio experiences? I do. Um, I have yet to see someone pull it off well, because um, right now people and consumers are still uh, learning how to work with smart speakers effectively. Um, and I think a lot of people view them as radios um, that they can control with their voice when it comes to content. Um, and people aren't used to steering those experiences uh, in stream. What they're looking for is, hey, smart speaker, uh, play this content or open this publisher or play this type of music and they're looking for it to start an, a channel and the way we think about it is it's much more interesting to look at someone's behavior of what they listen to and what they skip and how much time they spend is a much better indicator than necessarily uh, having an interactive experiences. We've done a bunch of experiments and we've seen that users just don't want to talk to the device in the middle of the experience. They just want to start something and have it be good. You know, as think of uh, on Instagram or Facebook, are you ever telling Facebook or Instagram the types of posts that you want to see? No, they're looking at your behavior to figure out what the right stream of content to deliver to you is. Um, so I think that's the best uh, proxy to think about when we think about um, what the right type of experiences are today and in the near future. Got it. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, we're, we're talking uh, right now uh, sort of in the middle of this whole coronavirus and, and all the different things that are, um, uh, I guess, the, the questions that are, that are coming up around that. And um, I'd be curious, at least uh, today. So I think today is the 24th of March. I don't know exactly when this is going to come out, but um, have you seen any sort of impact, um, at least today, when it comes to audio content? Um, is there is there an uptick? Because, you know, a lot of people have been asking if if more people are sort of looking to, to voice and, and audio products um, during this time, whether it's because it's more accessible or just due to the, the downtime, um, have you seen any sort of uh, meaningful uh, change? Yeah, we've seen actually uh, unexpected and almost unprecedented interest in audio um, in the past two weeks. It's really grown. Um, you know, our office has been closed for almost two weeks, but we've had more interest um, on both sides of the house from content creators and from brands and advertisers uh, than we did previously. Um, it was kind of an unexpected uh, boom for us. Um, but think about how much time you have at home. You're not commuting. You're not um, in the office. You have a lot more time at home. Um, you can only listen to so many podcasts. But you know, think of the behavior of when people used to listen to radio. They turn it on in the morning and they let it run for half hour or an hour or two hours. Or even some people would listen to it all day long just as kind of part of their experience. And I think um, we're getting to reimagine and revisit that type of experience now. Um, so you could see a world where you, you know, say something to a smart speaker to get a stream going and three hours later, you're still listening. Um, and it's not necessarily a three hour podcast per se. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So do you think long-term uh, this is going to bring more people um, or at least has exposed more people to uh, audio content or like, do, I do. You, so do you think this is a trend that persists? Um, well, I think 
habits, you know, we're, we're resetting a lot of habits right now. I think you know, no matter what, uh, a, a larger percentage of people are going to continue working from home after Corona than they did before. Um, cause we're going to spend the next week, month, quarter, uh, learning how to work at home. And for some people, they're going to be like, this is great. I'm not going back to the office. <laughs> um, so I think the amount of time people will spend consuming the audio, uh, is going to be a lot higher. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I'm in, I'm in that same camp. Um, I'd be curious to know, uh, in terms of, of the product going forward, what do you see as really your key differentiator, um, against any sort of competition that may exist today or, uh, maybe, uh, trying to compete with you in the future? Yeah. So a lot of, you know, what we provide is we have a decade of experience in the industry. Um, we've been in the audio and voice, you know, I'm air quoting here, the voice world since before it even existed. Um, and we've been behind the scenes with all the major distributors, um, uh, and most of them and almost all the major media companies. So, um, you know, we have a lot of expertise, we have a lot of history, um, and we really care about this, you know, and, and, because of that, we have a lot of partners and there's kind of a snowball effect um, or, you know, traditionally what one would refer to as aggregation. So we, the volume of content we have um, means that we have a very large portfolio. That large portfolio means we have a great relationship um, with both advertisers, um, agencies, and distributors. And as they look to us for more content, more partners come on. So um, we kind of have a, a multi-year head start on anyone else in the industry, which is really um, wonderful. And we also are focused purely on short form. There's a lot of other players in the industry that are focused on audio generically. Um, but for me, you know, that there's that always that Wayne Gretzky quote, which is, you know, go where the puck is going. And I think we very firmly believe that short form is where everything's heading. Um, and we're seeing a lot of evidence from whether it's Spotify's daily drive or, um, you know, other platforms focusing a lot more on short form content. So, um, that's really where we have our eye on the ball. Yeah. You know, actually that, that, uh, makes me think of, uh, what, what do you think are like the best, um, forms of that, that short form content? Is it, is there anything unique, um, about the, the best performing, uh, short form audio that you've seen that, that sets it apart from, from other attempts that maybe haven't performed as well? Yeah. So I think, um, the couple things that I always think are really important is, um, that content is self-contained um, and has a real value to it. Um, generic um, overviews or like, hey, here's just what happened today, you know, without any specific point of view isn't going to do nearly as well as um, a partner that's creating something really specifically uh, has utility um, and is kind of stackable so that it can fit in between um, or around other things. Um, so I think that's what be specific, kind of be polarizing with your content because there's infinite number of choices. So it's always better for content to either be five stars or one star. Um, if, you know, if content's in the middle, it kind of doesn't have a home. But if it's either, you know, if people either really like it or really don't, um, we see that that tends to perform better. So I think that's, you know, utility, consistency, frequency, um, snackability, um, all those things I think are what are differentiating uh, the people who are really growing um, versus uh, not. Definitely. And, uh, you know, some of those uh, makes a lot of sense uh, when it comes to um, the people creating the content can can really take control um, of some of those pieces. But when it comes to uh, a spoken layer and your, your actual 
um, partnerships with these these media providers. Um, do you uh, offer any sort of uh, sort of key value proposition or have any sort of key value proposition for them um, in terms of maybe uh, helping convert that audio or help convert that content into more of a conversational or, or audio? Um, structured format or, or where's really that, that value proposition that you offer to those media providers in sort of that conversion, uh, I, I guess, aside from just that conversion uh, um, of, of, I guess, text to, to speech. Yeah, well, you know, text to speech is a, a relatively simple process. Of course, computers can do it, but they can't tell a story. But there's a difference between uh, readability and listenability. Um, the way content structured, the way it's framed, what order things are in, how long sentences are, how quotes are structured, um, overall uh, sequencing um, and packaging of the content is different. So that's also one of our kind of secret sauce and expertise is turning something that's readable into something that's listenable. Um, so that involves uh, many things, and that's the advantage of us having, you know, a lot of talent across the entire editorial spectrum from adaptation to packaging to production uh, experience with a lot of our team, that that's really informed our technology um, and our platform so that it can do that consistently and predictably well. Um, and there's, there's a lot of nuance there and there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of edge cases. Um, and that just has taken up, you know, a couple years for us to build up uh, that set of experience. Of course, makes sense how that that sort of decade of experience and now some some user behaviors starting to to come together with advancement sync technology can really position you guys for a unique opportunity um, in the years ahead. So that's that's exciting. Um, I'm yeah, curious we're lucky. as we yeah yeah definitely um, as it, as it relates to the the future and sort of the years ahead. I'd be curious to know um, in terms of the the spoken layer product, where do you expect the the business and, and the product to go? Um, over the next year or so? And then um, where do you picture the business when it's at scale um, in your eyes? Yeah. So, you know, for us, because we are a backend service and we're handling content um, creation, uh, content uh, adaptation, distribution, integration, um, I think, you know, what we think about is there's this circle where we pull in a piece of content, we put it in front of the right audience, they consume it, um, it gets monetized. And then that of course then motivates content creators to create more content. So we have this wonderful circle that feeds back on itself. And for us, it's continuous improvement across all those areas around making the content sound amazing, making sure it shows up and is integrated in all the right places, and then making sure people are, are interacting and listening with it. But things like personalization and recommendations and you know helping uh, listeners spend more time with content that's relevant and interesting to them, those are highly iterative and highly valuable processes that we'll continuously be working on over the next, you know, day, month, year, um, and even over the next couple of years. So I think for us, it's constantly improving the actual audio um, that flows through the platform, where it shows up, and then what the actual listener experience is and what, you know, order uh, and content they have access to um, on different platforms. So, you know, it's... Uh, that's the fun thing about being a platform is that there's no one thing we're going to build that's going to change everything because um, it's all an integrated system. Um, and that's, I think, kind of the, the fun part um, for us internally. But I think sometimes confusing when people are thinking about the market is, um, okay, well, what's that one big change you're going to make? And it's like, well, no one thing will solve it. Um, it's a lot, a lot of little changes um, that make this entire ecosystem work.
Definitely. And then uh, just to wrap up the interview in terms of uh, the, the audio and voice space as a whole, what gets you excited um, about the space over the years ahead as well? Yeah, well, I, I think um, this is going to sound almost kind of funny. The thing that's most exciting to me is that it's going to work, but nobody's going to notice it. Um, you know, good design is invisible um, or kind of, you know, if you think about in a physical space, if the signage is done well, you don't notice the signage, but you're able to find everything. Um, and or in design, if the font is the right choice, you don't notice the choice of font. Um, and I think that's what's kind of interesting about the audio world is it's kind of a uh, it's a truly personal behavior. Um, you think about most of your audio listening happens in a personal or intimate space. And if it's done well, you don't notice it. Um, so that's kind of this interesting thing is that I think the amount of hoopla and energy uh, around marketing and stuff um, is, is different in the audio world because it's not visual. It's not video. It's not books. It's not websites. It's not mobile apps, which you can see and, and touch and poke. Um, it's something that, you know, touches your emotion and touches you as a human, um, as opposed to something you grab with your hand. So what's interesting, I think over the next couple of years is it will become unnoticeably integrated into our lives, um, in many different ways, whether it's at home, whether it's while we're commuting, whether it's while we're in a self-driving car, um, it will just be there. Um, and I think that's, what's really interesting and, uh, to think about as it evolves over the next five to 10 years. Awesome. Well, thank you for your perspective. This is a great interview. A lot of interesting things to think about. Uh, where's the best place for the listeners to uh, either reach out if they want to work with you or um, if they're just interested in following what you're doing? Uh, where's the best place to uh, stay up to date with Spoken Liner? Yes. Yeah, so you can go to our website, SpokenLayer.com. Um, and our Twitter uh, is also at SpokenLayer. So those are great places to reach out to us. Um, but always just send us an email, info at SpokenLayer. Um, if you want to help, if you're a publisher, if you're a distributor, if you're an advertiser, um, let us know and we're here to help. Awesome. Well, thank you, Will, for coming on the Voicing Startups podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is sponsored by Voice Punch VC. Voice Punch is a venture capital fund that is focused on voice-driven and voice-connected technology. So if you are a company or an entrepreneur that has a product that is in this sort of space, much like a lot of the different companies that I am interviewing, then you should reach out to the team by going to voicepunch.vc. 